0: Welcome to the Faith and More Podcast. This is a safe place for everyone no matter what your faith is or isn't. Reverend Angeles Wise is our host They firmly believes that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore the topics that can help you faith no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So, be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Season 4, everyone. Thank you all so very much for coming back. For another season. And what a season this is going to be. Of course, as you see by the title, we're starting off with a sonic boom, I guess you could say. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to enjoy this show and find it very interesting, and there will probably be many others that will be negative towards it. And I pray that those people just don't listen. If this is not something that you're interested in or even curious in, please just stop playing the the audio, playing the show now. Um, There's no need to get upset. You know, we are a safe place here for everybody of all religious beliefs and non-beliefs. This is a safe place. And that's how it's The divine wants it, and that's how it's always going to stay. And people, you can debate that all that you want, but you know, it comes down to what you believe. Each of us believe differently, and we have to respect that. See the commonality in others instead of the differences, and the whole world would be a much, much better place. So, of course, before I get into who we'll be talking about today, I will give some more disclaimers and some more time uh, for people to click off in case they haven't. We've got so much going on this week on the calendar. First is the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. It's a holiday traditionally celebrated on November 1st and 2nd. Uh, though other days such as October 31st, excuse me, <laughs> October 31st, or November 6th may be included depending on the locality. It largely originated in Mexico, where it's mostly observed, but also in other places, especially by people of Mexican heritage elsewhere. So, again, the dates are Tuesday, November 1st through Wednesday, November 2nd. A lot of us go ahead and include October 31st, which is Halloween. And I say us because my family and I are great uh, supporters and celebrators of Dia de los Muertos. So what's it about? Dia de los Muertos is about prayer and remembrance uh, of friends and family members who have died. Um, People will set up altars in their home uh, on Dio de los Muertos, or during Dio de los Muertos, and they'll offer uh, food and other uh, items that you know the loved one used to like uh, while they were alive. And they do this in their homes, they also go to the cemeteries, um, to the mortuaries, and they pay homage to the dead. And this is something that in the United States, we used to do once upon a time when cemeteries were first starting to be built, that's why a lot of them have these beautiful layouts and gardens and trees and all kinds of stuff because it was a place where people would take their families and you know sit down at the headstone of grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or aunt or uncle or children um and just remember them pay homage and respect to them you know and have a meal and share a meal with the rest of the family there Uh, Paying the respects and prayers, you know, they put a blanket on the grave and just everybody would sit down on the blanket and just enjoy each other's company, nature, and just being there with their loved ones. Of course, as we know, being mystics, we know that our loved ones are always with us. They're not in their physical forms anymore, but still, it's a way of paying respect and homage. We also have All Souls Day. Uh, also known as Commemoration of All the Faithful Departed and the Day of the Dead. is a day of prayer and remembrance for the faithfully departed, which is observed by Roman Catholics and other Christian denominations. Annually, it's celebrated on the 2nd of November, which is this Wednesday. Uh, Liturgical color for those playing at home is black, where it is a tradition, otherwise violet or purple. Uh, The significance of this day is for the souls of the faithfully departed. Observances are prayers for the departed, visits to the cemetery, decking of graves, special pastries, and food are also made as offerings for our loved ones. Next, we have All Saints Day, also known as All Hallows Day, the Feast of All Saints, the Feast of All Hallows, the Solemnity of All Saints, and hollow Mass It's a Christian solemnity celebrated in honor of all the saints of the church, whether they are known or unknown. And that is Tuesday, November 1st, church services, the observances are church services praying for the dead and visiting cemeteries. And last, but certainly not least, is Samhain, also known as Samhain. That begins on the evening of October 31st, which is tomorrow, and ends in the evening of November 1st. It is the celebration that is the origin of Halloween. Samhain was the first observed by Celtic pagans. Samhain marked the Celtic New Year, the end of summer, and the end of the harvest season. It also signaled the beginning of winter which they associated with death. So I hope I did not leave anyone out. If I did, please gently feel free to (laughs) let me know of the one or ones that I may have missed. I tried to be thorough on this. And these were in no particular order. Everybody, these are all equally important to everyone. Okay, so this is the last call for those who might want to jump ship in stop this show. If you are easily bothered or even moderately bothered uh, by people who follow uh, saints that aren't saints according to the Roman Catholic Church uh, or anyone that the Roman Catholic Church is outlawed, uh, anyone that the government has outlawed or the authorities have outlawed, then this show is definitely not for you. This show is for those uh, with an open heart and open mind, and people who are generally curious um about who we're going to be talking about today, so last minute to stop the broadcast here, and I highly recommend it if it's something that you it's gonna upset you, please just turn off the show and you can catch us next week or listen to some of the old shows. There's plenty of them, so the saint we're opening our season four on is Santa Morte. I know. I had to play that that sound clip because that's what the general public associates with Santa Morte. And I know a lot of you who are long-time listeners probably have absolutely no clue who Santa Morte is. Santa Morte is the saint of death. Now, before you get goosebumps and get creeped out, this isn't that kind of thing. This isn't demonic. This is on the other end of the spectrum. It's totally, completely um, helpful in helping humans to strive and live in extreme adverse and dangerous situations. And I'm going to be reading an article today from Lois Ann Lorenzen uh, from the University of San Francisco. And of course, links to everything I talk about in the show are always in the show notes and show description. So some of you might be scratching your head saying, why Santa Morte? Well, I've kind of been through all of season three or not all, but most of season three. I've been dropping hints about this, especially, you know, to those uh, who listen to our show in Mexico. I knew that they would probably figure out from the hints that I was referring to Santa Morte. What is my connection with Santa Morte? Well, we're going to get into that at the end of this article here, but I will say right now that Santa Morte is one of my favorite saints.
0: Say what?
1: I know, I know. Hang on to your seats. I'll, I'll explain everything at the end of this article. But first, I want to read the article because it gives a lot of information on Santa Morte and why... Um, Santa Muerte is a popular saint. Um, And this is a saint made by the people. Again, the church, government of Mexico and the United States, as well as federal and local authorities in Mexico and the United States, have outlawed Santa Muerte. And I will explain this as we go. It's very interesting, and there are so many misconceptions and myths about Santa Morte, thus the reason these authorities and churches have the beliefs that they do. So the preceding discussion provides a context for the popularity of Santa Morte and church and state opposition to her following. My introduction to Santa Morte, now this is the person that wrote the article, not me, uh, came from undocumented migrant transgender sex workers in San Francisco. Three years of fieldwork in the community focused on spiritual practices and religious cosmologies crafted as they crossed borders, both geopolitical and gendered, to survive diverse marginalities and liminal existences. Theirs were bodies in transition, crossing multiple borders, geographical, national, economic, cultural, gender. In the process, they created spiritual agency within structural systems hostile to sex work, transgender persons, and border-crossing individuals from the South. Now, this is just one take, and I'll explain more as we go. The study participants were from Guadalajara, Mexico, which, despite being relatively gay-friendly, is a conservative Catholic city. All grew up Catholic and felt rejected by the church. Rodolfo Contricius, a former Jesuit, observed the orthodoxy of the Catholic church has made them feel like they are unworthy and that they do not have the right to be present at religious service. The church has generated guilt, embarrassment, and marginalization. So Lois Ann Lorenzen uh, of the University of San Francisco has interviewed these people that she's referring to. Um, and getting their take on why they follow uh, Santa Morte, why they do Santa Morte practice. Um, she says the perception that the traditional Catholic Church had rejected them compelled them to seek spiritual guidance and protection in unofficial icons such as Santa Morte, who reflected their own structurally precarious positions in society. Santa Morte appears as a female skeletal figure wearing a dress and a long hooded cloak. Her clothes come in a wide array of colors, from bright yellows to somber blacks and browns to vibrant green and neutral white. She may hold a scythe in one hand and a crystal ball or globe in the other. At times, she also carries the scales of justice. Appearing as she does, a female skeleton, complete with the grim reaper scythe, wearing a large cross and carrying a skull. It is not surprising that her saintly status scandalizes the church hierarchy. Scholars hold divergent theories concerning Santa Muerte's origins. Some scholars and devotees claim that pre-Hispanic death cult practices of Mexicas merged with Catholicism to create holy death. They point to the deities who reigned over the region of the dead as precedent. Others think that she arose from Yoruba, traditions brought to the Caribbean by African slaves, similar to Haitian Vidal and Cuban Santeria. This claim is buttressed by the legend that she first appeared in the 19th century to a healer in Veracruz, the Mexican state with the strongest and most visible Caribbean influences. Several Mexican scholars insist that Santa Muerte is a European archetype of death, tracing her origins to skeletal figures such as La Parca, which gained prominence during the plagues and epidemics in medieval times and were later transported to the Americas. And that is in my studies of Santa Muerte. Yes, I've studied Santa Muerte. Um, in my studies, that's the historical uh, version that I subscribe to, is that she originated in uh, European uh, countries, especially from uh, La Parca, which is very similar. It's a male masculine version of the feminine um, Santa Morte. <laughs> Wait a minute, I know, I know, I see. I see people jumping up and down who remember the Hecate episode and who are practitioners and followers of Hecate say, hey, this sounds just like Hecate. Yes, a lot of similarities between Santa Morte and Hecate. And yeah, you could probably come to the conclusion that Santa Morte could have been derived from Hecate or is a form of Hecate. Yet the women in our study did not know or care about the scholars' theories concerning Santa Morte's origins. They didn't care. They didn't care where Santa Morte came from or comes from. Her presence in their precarious present was what mattered. In this life world, she symbolizes death's eventuality and appears as death's incarnation. Some of the sex workers believe that Santissima Morte, another name for Santa Morte, Welcomed Jesus Christ into the world of the dead. As the incarnation, she helps them avoid death. Artemia says, She helps me in the street to stay away from risk. She exists. She exists, of course. We are all going to die. Death exists and she protects me from all the dangers around me. Similar to a vaccine, Santissima Morte injects just enough death to ward away its coming. Who better to help migrants survive their everyday death worlds than the saint who introduced Jesus to death, who moves between life and death, the ultimate liminal figure. So people who do Santa Muerte practice firmly believe that Santa Muerte was there with Jesus at the cross, that she was there with him, that she held him as he passed, gently taking him to where he wanted to go. Um, The Roman Catholics believe that during the three days before his resurrection, he went to hell and in hell, he freed a lot of beings um, who were there that he felt should not be there. He went through and liberated. Um, It is believed that Santa Morte escorted him through hell or the hells, whichever you believe, and helped him to escape the hells where he resurrected. Again, the beliefs are up to you, just with like with everything. Again, one of the main goals of this show is to educate, and that's what I'm trying to do through this introduction to Santa Muerte. Santa Muerte's popularity in Mexico exploded after 2001. Two very public sites emerged a public sanctuary shrine created by Enrique Romero and Tapita or Tapito, excuse me, a large poor neighborhood in Mexico city and a Santa Muerte sanctuary founded by David Romo of the traditional apostolic Catholic church, Mexico USA in Colonia Morelos, a rough neighborhood of Mexico city near Tapito. The bony lady now claims some 10 to 12 million followers in Mexico, Central America, and the U.S. Religion historian Andrew Chestnut claims it is the fastest growing, excuse me, growing religious movement in the Americas. So again, this may leave you scratching your head saying, well, 12 million or more people, um, and this is as of. In the early 2000s. This isn't even a recent article, um, which is much, much, much more than that. Um, follow or practice Santa Morte. How have I not heard of this? Well, you know, we're going to get into that here in a moment that there's been a lot of work that's gone into doing everything possible to destroy, uh, kill. <laughs> kill, that's even funny. That's a funny term to use against the saint of death. Uh, but they've had that the church, the government, the authorities have done so very much, spent so much time and even more money to try to kill Santa Morte. Santa Morte's followers come from all walks of life, including artists, actors, gang members, police, sex workers, prison guards, drug traffickers, and LGBTQ individuals. Tomás Prower writes... La Santa Muerte is a non-judgmental deity who gives no preferential treatment. Prior to her more public worship emerging in the last two decades, she was worshiped clandestinely by those whose professions put their lives in constant danger, especially at night. Other than thieves and prostitutes, these included bartenders, taxi drivers, Uh, Mariachi players, of course, because they're at night playing, police, military, security, um, so many people who work at night and working the overnight shift, and as you all know I work that and so does my son, Um, follow and practice Santa Morte for protection. Her current popularity, however, comes primarily from Mexico's poor, marginalized, and dispossessed. Prower claims that the catalyst for her more recent upsurge in followers is the increased poverty and inequality that followed the North American Free Trade Agreement in 1994. The number of followers increased dramatically as the poor and marginalized turned to the saint of desperation and last resort. The Mexican journalist, Jose Gil Olmos, called her the Virgin of the Forgotten and writes, those who come to La Santa are those in the streets, unprotected from violence, the unemployed that look in their wallets for last coins, housewives daily trying to feed their families, young people without a future, underemployed professionals. Shrines to Santa Morte can also be found throughout the United States. Los Angeles boasts the most shrines and temples, although large numbers of devotees exist in Chicago, Miami, New York, Houston, and Tucson. She can be found outside of cities as well. I recently found a group of followers in a small farming community in northwest Wisconsin. Arlie Gonzalez of Queens, New York, hosts one of the largest celebrations for La Frita, which is also another name for Santo Morte. Every August, Gonzales, who is transgender and an immigrant, says she suffered discrimination in Mexico and was kicked out of the Catholic churches. In the U.S., she leads a community of Santa Morte devotees. Gonzales says that for LGBTQ believers, the Santissima acquires both a female and a male shape, which makes her more inclusive. Following of the saint Death is a grave error, and if any man, woman, or Catholic continues this, it will be through ignorance or because they already left the Catholic faith, says Jose Luis Chavez, Archbishop of Oaxaca, O-A-X-A-C-A. And this is kind of what the Roman Catholic take is on this. They, they're actually to the point to where they borderline being violent over this. It it angers them so much. The movement's rapid growth over the last decades has led to conflict between devotees of the Holy Death and the official Roman Catholic Church. Cardinal Giafranco Ravassi, head of the Vatican's Pontifical Council for Culture, calls Santa Morte, worship a degeneration of religion. Most pilgrims and devotees, however, see themselves as devout Catholics, Santa Morte is just another saint. Paintings in Pablo's Santa Morte Church depict her seated with Jesus, and the church regularly takes busloads of parishioners to the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. Jose Roberto Jamez voices a typical perspective. I also believe in God, in the Virgin and all the saints, but I am more devout to Santa Morte. She is the one that helps me most. Rituals, prayers, masses, altars, prayers, rosaries to Santa Morte are nearly identical to standard Catholic practices. Some Santa Morte priests insist that their temples are part of the official church. The worship of Santa Morte poses no problem or contradictions for her Catholic followers. I love that paragraph right there that I just read because to me, it really, really sums up um, the beliefs of those who practice Santa Morte. There's priests. If you go on YouTube, I will try to put this a link to this YouTube video. But there's an actual Santa Morte church where they have a Santa Morte a mass every Sunday. And it's not like it's heretical. I know, I know, I know. People are already screaming at me. I can hear you that it's heretical because the Pope hasn't approved it and the Vatican hasn't approved it. But you know what? It's up to each of us. These are good, hard working, desperate people whose cries are not heard by man. No one's helping them. They have to take things into their own hands. And by praying to Santa Morte to intercede, it helps them. It gives them that protection because so many of the people who practice Santa Morte don't know from one moment to the next if the next breath is going to be their last breath. And I know we all can say that, but I'm talking about people who are in very dangerous situations, occupations. Um, and I'll get into more of that here after the, uh, the article in regard, with regard to my um, reasoning behind uh, practicing Santa Morte. John Nova Lomax in 2012 wrote, Centuries ago, mestizos and Mexican Indians felt the church was not meeting their needs and a miracle arrived just in time. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Here was a representation of the Virgin Mary that looked like them. And now, her. here comes la flaca, which is Santa Muerte, in today's Mexico. Death has more power than life. To have hope within all this despair, you must implore death itself to give you what you want. The Church's opposition to Santa Muerte angers Aronano, since it goes against Latin American Catholicism's historic ability to merge indigenous traditions with Catholic doctrines. He fumes. They get up and say, these saints are right and these saints are wrong. So you folks know where I'm going with this. I've got to point out the Pachamama. Why is it okay for those in the Andes, the indigenous people of the Andes mountainous region, to incorporate the Pachamama into their Roman Catholicism, but the people of Mexico cannot Santa Morte. I know none of you are with the, the with the Vatican unless the Vatican's listening in on me because they see the title of the show. It's all right, Vatican. I'm I'm not one of yours, so just move along. Nothing to see here. Uh, but again, you guys are seeing that you know such. Um, It's just crazy how people just get so angry and upset over Santa Muerte. It's like either you believe it or you don't. Either you practice it or you don't. Those of us know in psychology that if you give something more attention, it's going to make it bigger, right? So why would you call out your military and your police and, and... your churches to bang pots and pans and scream and shoot and everything at the top of your lungs to not do Santa Morte practice when all that's going to do is push people towards that practice more. Ignore it. If it bothers you, ignore it. It's not affecting you. You know, how is it affecting you in your everyday life? How is it affecting you in your in your faith? It's not. Just leave it them be there's no need to be all crazy about this but my oh my doesn't it sound familiar and again no comparisons here so please don't get upset i'm not comparing santa morte to jesus but look again look at the comparison jesus angered people angered people and you people will say well well jesus was a real person santa morte is not well i beg to differ that If for someone that's not real, why all the fuss? If it's a figment of people's imaginations, why is so much time, money, and manpower being literally wasted to combat a belief in something? Quite strange, isn't it? Catholic officials offer theological explanations for their opposition to the popular saint. Cardinal Ravasi says that because Christ defeated death, worshiping a death figure links followers to God's enemies, death and Satan. See how we can use words as weapons. So for when you ask, say, this Cardinal Ravassi, What is your favorite saint that you worship? I guarantee he will instantly say, I don't worship any of the saints. You know, I pray to them for their intercession. Bingo. That's exactly what the practitioners of Santa Morte do. But you use the word worship as a weapon against them by saying, well, they worship Santa Morte. Like people do Catholics when they say, well, you worship Mary. No, they don't. See, it's just a shame how words are twisted and used as weapons. And this goes all through the Bible as well. Man has taken the Bible, which we'll get into further down the road, um, and twisted and turned it into such a conglomeration. Um, I mean, as we've seen, a perfect example is the Mary, St. Mary Magdalene episode of how uh, The Bible and history has twisted, man, has twisted things to work in its favor, to work for the status quo instead of those who are in need, those whom the scriptures pertain to. Cardinal Rovasi continues by saying, Religion celebrates life. Here you have death. Pope Francis, in his recent visit to Mexico, praised Mexican popular piety and the treasures of popular religious religiosity excuse me while also obliquely condemning worship of Santa Muerte and those who embrace their macabre symbols to commercialize death in exchange for money mexican bishops claim that santa muerte is an idea rather than a person whereas Quote, the church canonizes people, of flesh and blood. It does not canonize other facts or other things. End quote. Again, why would you give the okay for Pachamama to be included in the indigenous Angie, excuse me, Andes mountains people's religion, but yet not Santa Morte for Mexico? And I totally and completely disagree with Cardinal Ravasi's statement that religion celebrates life. Here you have death. No, you do not. By saying that, you don't know what Santa Morte is all about. These people are praying with all of their hearts for Santa Morte to intercede in every moment of their life because they are afraid that if they step outside the door of their home, they will be shot and killed raped and killed, kidnapped and killed. Just death is always in their face. From the youngest to the oldest, they are terrorized and they are so scared. Why do we think we have such the immigration that we do now in the United States? People are running. They're running away from death. They're running away from fear They're praying to Santa Morte for help, for solace, for peace. But I guess that's too much to ask for if you're poor or if you're someone that others disagree with. You know, if I disagree with somebody of an LGBTQ persuasion um, or lifestyle, then I don't care. I don't care. Someone's poor, homeless, sitting on the street. I don't care. I'll cross the street and walk on the other side. I don't care. Drug addicts, I don't care. Now, they have no place in my church. This is poison, folks. This is so venomous, and I so hope, pray, and feel that you at least feel me a little bit on this because it's just, it's tragic. We're we're going in the wrong direction. Again, you've got to go back to the basics what would jesus do what would jesus say for those of you who are christian i mean this is just this is terrible truly terrible that these people um, you know turning to santa morte and santa morte is helping them there are so many stories of people actually seeing and experiencing santa morte just like other roman catholics do with other saints you know And again, the Roman Catholic faith says they canonize people. They don't canonize other things. But Santa Morte is created by the people from the pain and suffering of the people. Now, those of you who are on the mystic path know all about energy. Those of you of Eastern faiths know about energy and know that Things can be created from energy. Those of you who do paranormal studies know that um, poltergeist, tulpas, things of that nature are created by our emotions, by our energy. We can actually create, you know, again, here we go. We are co-creators with the divine. We can actually create these energies. I mean, it's so scientifically documented. You can just do a Google search if you don't believe me. Maybe we'll do a show sometime down the road on, on tulpas and poltergeists and stuff like that because it all pertains to the energy. But it's the same thing applies here. You can say Santa Morte doesn't exist all you want, but au contraire, look, the government's paying people, officials are paying people, the church is paying people to combat this, then what is it? If it doesn't exist, why, why are they doing this? It makes absolutely no sense. Perhaps the next paragraph will shed more light on why. The Catholic Church has noted earlier that it shares with the state a desire to police sexuality in LGBTQ bodies through religious beliefs and practices. This shared positioning also helps explain, in part, harsh reactions to deviant saints such as Santa Morte. She may provide solace, but it is unsanctioned solace to those not only outside of the law, but outside of the church. She unbashedly counts LGBTQ community, prostitutes, thieves, drug smugglers, among the most devoted. In Mexico, LGBTQ individuals often look to her for protection from violence. Given their status as social outcast, Prower writes that to find a saint who will never judge you your sexual orientation where identity is comforting. David Romo, head of the traditional Apostolic Church of Mexico in the USA, performs wedding ceremonies for same-sex couples and ordains LGBTQ individuals into the priesthood. Clerical celibacy is not required. Premarital sex and all contraception are allowed. One can understand why the Roman Catholic Church would oppose unsanctioned saints. Santa Muerte approves of those rejected by the Church. Her Church ordains women, LGBTQ individuals, and divorced people, allows same-sex couples to marry, and embraces those who may live outside the law. Mexican Catholic bishops point to the sensational crimes that feature Santa Muerte to claim that followers are Satanists even if unwittingly chestnut in 2013 argues that the church's opposition to worship of Santa Marta. There's that word again is similar to the campaign against evangelical and Pentecostal churches, all challenged the Roman Catholic Church's hegemony, uh, excuse me, hegemony in Latin America and its steep decline over the last decades. Both the Mexican and U.S. governments are partially right to fear Santa Morte, but not because of alleged links to drug traffickers. Fries in 2005 wrote, concluded that as long as political despair and socioeconomic inequality characterized life for Mexico's most marginalized worship of Santa Morte would continue to grow. Santa Morte, he writes, appeals to the people on the fringe of Mexico's society of indigenous peoples the poor, and so on. This rise in deviant spirituality has not come as a surprise, says Bunker. Mexico still contains a significant population of persons living in poverty and feeling disenfranchised by a government system perceived as being based on patron-client relationships and the influence of wealthy ruling families. This underclass produces a disproportionate amount of of unsanctioned saint followers, though only a small percentage of them end up as killers for gangs and cartels. Okay, so there's so much more to the article, but I will stop on the article there. And again, a link to the article will be in the show notes and description. And why am I stopping? Because number one, I don't want to keep you all day. This might be something that you've listened to this point, And I so thank you and appreciate that. Uh, but you don't want to know anything about and i definitely don't want it to go too long so i want to be able to share my personal um, thoughts and views and practices on santa morte if anyone's interested in that so but in closing on the article we see how they they love to say that it's it's drug lords and cartel that follow santa morte Um, and some do why because some of the people in these cartels and in these gangs are abducted when they're children. They're taken from their families. They're stolen. They're kidnapped. They're trained to be killers. Their guns are put in their hands and they're forced to do what the wealthy tell them to do. Thus, the reason they turn to Santa Morte, not to help them take lives, but to help keep them alive, to save them. To help get them out of that situation. So. That's the reason why. It's not because. It's what the gangbangers. And the prostitutes and stuff do. They don't follow and worship Santa Morte. To further perpetuate crime. They're doing it to try to save themselves. I pray that makes at least some sense. For those who are still listening. (laughs) Okay, so what is my, what and why is my association with Santa Morte? Well, um, just to give some background, and I'm going to try to be as vague as I can and not use too many names or labels, but still get the story across. um, For 27 years, I was the night hotel manager for the largest hotel in the tri-state area where, near where I live. Okay and as the time went, that hotel became more and more dangerous to work in. It became um, the only hotel in the area that accepted cash. So you have that factor. Those who take only cash, you get a lot of dangerous, very dangerous people who would rather kill you than look at you. And I mean that literally. There's, that's, no, um, that's no exaggeration by any means. In 2015, the company did a huge downsize and let a lot of people go. And one of that was the hotel's in-house security. They brought in a contracted security and they pulled me into the office and told me that if you want to keep your job, you will do your job and you will be the director of security as well. So I ended up becoming both for the price of less than one, or as I used to say for the price of fun, but there was no fun involved in that at all. And this happened just at the same time as the hotel really started going downhill. The city put a lot of pressure on the hotel to renovate, but the owners of the hotel, who were based in Singapore in the UK, uh, definitely put their hands up and said, absolutely not, we won't. So more pressure was put on them and on the owners, and then the owners came back and said, well, you know, if you chip in 50%, we'll put the other 50% in, which was not out of the question because all of the other hotels in this major city Were partially owned by the city, but this hotel, the city said, no, we won't do that. So they just kept applying pressure over the years, which brought the business down even more and which meant that the hotel, in order to at least make some profit, had to lower its rates. You know, those of you in the hotel business know the phrase heads and beds. That's exactly what this uh, hotel did. They dropped their price as low as they possibly can. Before I left there in uh, August of 2019, they were running a $49 rate on busy weekends. And again, that was cash. So the last five years I was at this place of employment, I wore a bulletproof vest because I was threatened multiple times day after day or I should say night after night after night that I didn't know when I walked through the doors of that place if I was going to walk out or if I was going to be carried out in a body bag. I mean it's that serious. It was that dangerous. So. When all of this started to happen in 2015, I was in great despair. So was my family. I started to research and try to find saints that would help. Um, you know, I still am like I am today. I'm, I'm very Christian, but still have very deep Eastern roots. And Santa Morte just kept popping up and popping up and popping up. But at that time, In 2015, you could not be an open Santa Morte practitioner. Why? Because as soon as you said or expressed that you are a Santa Morte practitioner, you were put on an FBI watch list. It's not so much today. I'm sure they still do with various people. But it was so bad back then that you had to hide your beliefs and your practices, much like our pagan friends, our pagan brothers and sisters still have to do today. And that's a shame. That's very tragic and very sad. And again, as the article was talking about equality, there should be religious equality. You know, there should be so If, again, like I've always said and always will say, if we could all focus on the similarities of our faith instead of the differences, the world would be such a better place. We've got to stop looking down at each other and criticizing each other and calling each other names and attacking each other. Again, this is contrary to what Jesus wanted us to do. So contrary to what he taught and how he lived. So again, I began doing research. I got my hands on the very few books that were available on Santa Morte at that time. I found an amazing person on YouTube who was so brave enough to have her channel all about Santa Morte and to share her practices and prayers and and altar and all of that stuff. And all this was not for worship. All of this was for honoring and praying to Santa Morte for intercession like we would any other saint. I started watching uh, Santa Morte mass on YouTube uh, videos and those masses are no different than any other mass for a saint um, in the Roman Catholic faith. Um, they just, you know, use put Santa Morte in there instead of say, you know, Saint Michael or Saint Joseph or, you know, whomever. Um, So I went and got a Santa Morte Rosary, which is very similar to uh, the regular Roman Catholic Rosary. Uh, The prayers are similar but they are to Santa Morte rather than being to Mary. Um, And I began doing that. I began doing that practice every day, every day, or I should say every night for five years until I got out, was able to get out of that place and break free from it and survive. Um, So, I mean, I kept a fondness for Santa Morte, but I, you know, and a a gratitude most definitely for Santa Morte. Do I believe she helped me survive that? Uh, Of course, I definitely do. 100% do. But I also believe that the divine who is in control of, I shouldn't say in control, but who is over all of us, and the core of all of us was behind that. You know, there would be no Santa Morte without the divine. There would be nothing without the divine. We are all part of it, and it is all part of us. So I didn't do my prayers and practices uh, for Santa Morte that much uh, until I ended up in the hospital, you know, June twenty-third of twenty twenty with my heart issues. You've all heard me talk about that probably way too much so I won't get into that. But uh, again, I began to revisit the practice of Santa Morte and not just saying, you know, hey, you know, hey, I'm in need. Do something for me. Help me. Help me. Fix my broken wing kind of thing. It's, you know, it goes deeper than that. You know, I always have uh, affinity and love for Santa Morte and for all of the saints and for all they do. I mean. Plus, the reason this show's here is because the divine wanted this show on the saints and, and for all these peculiar things that I cover. And I tell you, like today's show, it's quite peculiar. So, um, but anyway, just to give you all some background on, on my uh, practices on Santo Morte. Again, do I practice Santo Morte today? Not actively, no. But I still offer gratitude and thanks to Santa Morte every day for all that she has done for me and all that she does for all of those who um, seek her for intervention, who ask for her intervention, who plead and beg for her intervention. Okay, so I hope I haven't scared anybody off. And if anything, I hope that this subject has brought in new listeners. I so hope that Santa Morte practitioners uh, and devotees, come into the show. You're welcome to our family and in our family. We are all family in, with, and through the divine. You are all safe here, and I'm sure you will find so much interesting things here in the show, um, other than just this episode. Go back, we've got so many episodes that you can just dive in and have an amazing buffet of saints, topics, and all kinds of neat stuff. So again, thank you all. Welcome (laughs) to Season 4. Prayer requests and updates are as follows. We'll begin with the updates. Ariana went to her surgeon this past week and received some good news. Uh, She's healing well. That helped to uplift her spirits, but she still has a long road to go on recovery and rehab Haven's heart echo last Monday went really well. Um, It went better than we thought, just like her angiogram. Infinite blessings for that and thanks. Uh, But she also is still dealing with the aortic valve defect. So let's please keep the prayers going for her. Uh, Rachel had gallstone surgery this past Thursday. She's home recovering. Please keep the prayers and healing going for Rachel. Uh, Emma met with Haven this past week, and Emma reported that she's feeling great. Her shoulder is healing very well after surgery, so let's please keep praying for her. Uh, Other prayer requests are Bob, who has stage two follicular lymphoma, went for his fourth round of chemo this past Monday and Tuesday. He is extremely tired and exhausted, as you could only imagine. Let's please keep him in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. My mother Elaine, who is Bob's wife, um, has lung issues with bacteria in her lungs. She went to her doctor this past week, and the bacteria they were treating is subdued at the moment. However, they found a different bacteria that is now being treated. So let's please keep her in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is my brother, Michael, who in my biological brother, Michael, (laughs) I know I call everybody brother and sister and father and mother. So, uh, yes, my biological brother, Michael, is having upper respiratory issues. I believe he has an upper respiratory virus. It's not COVID. Uh, They are treating it with steroids. He is starting to feel better. Let's add him to our prayers. We also need prayers for Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Clyde, Mike S, Kathy, Michael T, Father Mike Cantor, Eddie, Jean. I also have to add um, Joanne. Joanne had knee surgery some time back, but now she is in excruciating pain and is awaiting a, an appointment for, with her surgeon because her doctors will not treat the knee, they referred her back to the surgeon. So until then, she has to deal with the pain. Please keep her in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. And also, Joanne's daughter, Diane, just recovered from COVID. Now she has some type of bowel obstruction that she has to have a colonoscopy to check out. Let's please keep her in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. I also, pray for Father Lawrence and his mother, Anne. If you are in need of prayers, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I love to pray, and everyone that listens to the show loves to pray. So let us pray for you. My contact information is at the end of every show. So don't hesitate to reach out for me. And please, everyone, keep these beings in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Thank you so much. Okay, so we'll do our closing prayer and blessing. Please keep those just mentioned in your hearts, thoughts and prayers, as well as all those um, practitioners and devotees to Santa Morte. These people are in such dire straits in their lives, just literally hang by threads uh, and they need our prayers so, so much. So please keep them in your hearts, thoughts and prayers as well. In nominee Divi Fili et Spiritus Sancti, in the name of the Divine Son and Holy Spirit, we come before you with great gratitude for this day, this moment, this now. As we awaken to your unconditional love and compassion, we understand more and more all that you are. You are the One that is all, and the All that is one. We thank you. O Great Divine, for all of our blessings. We ask for your help in healing. Heal us, O Great Divine, physically and mentally. In this human form, we are all broken to different degrees. Help us to heal from our brokenness and to selflessly help others who share in in our same brokenness and all brokenness. Help us to have your compassion and forgiveness to those who do us wrong and harm. Help us to respond as all of the great masters and saints with love, compassion, and forgiveness. Remind us that broken beings who lash out at us need our love, compassion, forgiveness, and prayers more than anything. Help us to realize that attempts for revenge, mentally and physically, only perpetuates brokenness. It is not the way of the divine, and is not the way to heal ourselves or those who have caused us harm. Help us to take our pain and suffering and turn it into fuel for our faith and devotion. Help us to see the lessons and grow in a positive holy way when things do not go as we wish. Help the lonely to understand and know that they are not alone, that you, as well as all the great masters and saints, are with us always. Wherever we go, there you are. There is nowhere where you are not. Help us to think, speak, and act from love and compassion, and not our conditioned mind. As we walk, you walk. As we speak, you speak. As we think, you think. As we feel, you feel. May the divine shine upon and within each of you. May the divine hear and answer your prayers. May you experience divine love, compassion, and forgiveness. May your brokenness be healed, and may you share that healing with others. May the divine bless you with peace, health, and love. In nomine, divi, fili et spiritus sancti.
0: We so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and have found everything that you are searching for in a podcast and more here with us. We now have an amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes. Angel is always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings, past and present, in your country, society and culture that we do not know about. But we should. Please, contact Angel and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. We love to pray and our listeners love to pray as well. So, let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email Angel directly at faithandmorepodcast@gmail.com The second is through our website at faithandmorepodcast.weekcite.com slash my dash site. There is a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in angels heart and prayers. Bless you.